0: Find them online at explorehsv.com. They are REMAX of Hot Springs Village at 1 364 9007 or online at explorehsv.com. Ike Eisenhower State Farm. Ike and his award winning team have been serving the insurance needs of folks all around Hot Springs Village since 1998. Ike has qualified for State Farm's President's Club chairman circle and hot springs village insurance agent of the year call ike eisenhower state farm today at 501-984-4100 that's 501-984-4100 find them online at ike call them today for all your insurance needs because like a good neighbor ike eisenhower state farm is there
1: So Dennis, I get all the time buyers that uh, call me on the phone and they say, Hey, I saw this great new listing. I look it up on the MLS and find out, sorry, it's already taking backup offers. And that's a very frustrating thing for the buyers.
2: I bet. And with that, we start with Mr. Rick Marshall today, trademark real estate, a good real estate professional that we have on from time to time. Rick, you know, we had this conversation not too long ago where I, I was an I buy and sell a good bit of real estate, right? And as, as not a professional by any stretch, but I was like, what does this term mean? What's back on market mean? And what, what's mean contingent and we're taking backup offers. And what is that? So today, with the help of Mr. Marshall, we're going to try and tear down these these fractions. You know, you would think it's for sale, right? It's for sale. So it's for sale. Not so quick, right? Give me some pieces.
1: Right. There are some uh, situations that are Uh, in the pending process that can be confusing for a buyer. So taking backup offers is the number one thing that happens. If an agent has uh, a listing and they accept an offer, the seller accepts an offer, the agent can either put under contract or they can allow additional showings to occur and put it in as taking backup offers. Now, again, they do have to allow showings if they're going to put that in there. So the seller has to be providing that permission for it to continue to be shown.
2: Whoa, whoa, the, whoa, but, but is this like a bidding war? If we're taking backup no. offers and, and Joe Blow offered 530, well, if I offer 5, 540, could I get it?
1: No, more typically, it's after you have accepted an offer, If you, if there were other offers and one of those buyers is willing to be in second position, hmm. they can be in that position. And if the first buyer were to fail then the second buyer would immediately take the position in first position.
2: This is beginning to make sense. And, and as many things, when you're a professional and you're involved in it every day, it's kind of a lot more nuanced than you might've imagined. Right. Sure. So let's, let's walk through them. So listed or, or for new listing, that means how old does it have to be to be a new listing? Just, just go down with me.
1: Right. Really just that first week, it's going to show up as, as an, as a new listing in the MLS and, uh it will then through the IDX process the internet data exchange
2: ooh fancy term
1: fancy term yeah. down uh, in your wheelhouse there <laughs> um but those um that information gets pulled um with some websites it's it's every hour some every 8 hours but it's it's real time with our mls and then realtor.com zillow trulia um, Redfin, those all pull the data from our MLS and put it out there to the public on their website. The problem is they don't always have the, whether it's the right key code to to match up perfectly the the code to the status or keeping in mind that some of those websites are real estate brokers themselves and selling leads to realtors, mm-hmm. they are going to want as many phone calls coming through their platform as possible. So by not having it as under contract and just taking backup offers, they continue to show it as available.
2: So they continue to show it as available. The house is is for sale. It's listed. So what's the, what's the progression of these? The, The first progression would be that, you know, it's listed and it's for sale. Okay. And then the next progression would be, okay, it's, it's for sale, but, um, Either
1: taking backup offers or under contract.
2: But now, how long d- does it? <clears throat> excuse me. If the house is for sale, I list it for five thirty. It really should be three eighty or something. And I list it for five thirty, and I go one week, two week, three week, four week, five week. There's nothing that automatically reduces my price. Is that correct?
1: No, that's right. So it'll be a price reduction if the seller decides to do that, and and it's input by the realtor into the MLS. But you know, just a a price reduction will show on all of those platforms.
2: Okay. So, so, but so for example, let's say that at 8am Tuesday morning, uh, we decide to knock it down $50,000. You may do that on the local MLS here, the the Carmel's system, as they call it in Arkansas, the central Arkansas real estate listing system. Uh, You may decide to take that down 50,000, but it may not show up on Trula or it may not show up on the same plat on all the platforms around the same time. Is that correct?
1: Right. Yeah. They pull with Mm. a varying amount of of frequency. Some of them are very quick. Some of them can take eight hours or more to update.
2: And hence the reason that I can call and go, it says it's for sale. And you go "Mm, over here on the MLS, our Carmel system, it says it's under contract, and and right. let's let's be very specific. Under contract means exactly what I called and said. Would y'all take three fifty, or it, it it means there's something been signed,
1: right? You actually have a real estate contract that's been agreed upon by both parties, what I would refer to as mutual acceptance. Mm-hmm. So it's been signed around. It is a binding contract uh, pending closing. So um, the problem with that is then deciding whether you're going to accept a backup offer, whether there was a house sale contingency as part of that original offer that allows a bump. In other words, uh, uh, the, uh, seller would be able to bump out of first position if another buyer that was non-contingent came in, I know this is kind of confusing, but if you have a, a contingency subject to the sale of your house, the buyer has to sell their house before they can consummate the closing. Mm-hmm. And, uh uh, the seller gets another offer that comes in, depending on the original agreement with that first buyer, of whether it allows a, a bump or not, hmm. um, you can bump that or give them, actually, they would have the first opportunity to waive the contingency.
2: Write a first and, refusal kind of thing?
1: Yes, pay cash or really put their earnest money on the line that the loan is going to go through, mm. or they would have to surrender the first position, the second buyer Um, if there was a backup offer or, um, that, that second position buyer would now take the position of, of first position.
2: Well, let let me simplify it just a little. And because, I mean, it can be extremely complicated. I get this. And and, (laughs) if I haven't made this clear enough, the layman needs a realtor, every just literally, literally, you need an advocate on your side in these instances. For example, you know, when, when I say it's under contract, I guarantee you 95% of the people in our audience are going to go, You agreed on a price. They agreed on the price. We're done. Whoa. Whoa. When do you move in? How are we going to pay for that house? Is it fully financed? Is it a 30 day occupancy? Is it 120 days occupancy? Is it there? There are a million, a million. There's a dozen. Is that fair? Sure. There, there's a million different, a million, a dozen different variables that you can go in and custom form your own deal. And you say, well, pff, they've already got it under contract. Why would I even put a contract? Maybe they didn't get what they wanted. Maybe they the wanted most- 90 days out and they didn't get that for moving. And and if you came in with an offer that was you know reasonable, they may do that. Right.
1: Right. The two most common reasons for the first one failing would be an inspection that went poorly. <clears throat> the buyer decides, no, I don't. I don't want the house anymore. Even if you're going to fix it, I, it's it's got more than I want. Or you just don't come to terms. I want you to fix these five things, and the seller says well, I'm not going to fix it. Okay, well, time to uh, find the next deal. So you could take the backup offer or go back on the market. But if you uh, the inspection or an appraisal would be the the two biggest things. So you get further into the process, you've satisfied the inspection if there was one and then the appraisal comes in low well sometimes the buyer can pay and this is again one one more of those uh, optional things that can happen sometimes the buyer is allowed to pay the difference sometimes mm-hmm. you can negotiate the difference sometimes the seller drops the price to that lower appraised value and other times the deal falls apart because it can't happen and so those between the inspection and the appraisal being two of the big ones house sale contingency the buyer's house doesn't doesn't sell within the time frame it can come back on the market so your to your point being current with the realtor uh, having access to the mls is critical
2: it, um, it really is it really
1: the, is the website information um it really helps and to be honest i have no problem with the buyers that i'm working actively with keeping, you know, keeping up and they're they're every day. They're excited. They're looking for a house and they're waiting for me to call one that, you know, call them and say, Hey, here's a great one. It just hit the market a few minutes ago, but I'm busy. I'm working with multiple clients. So, you know, I might be with another client when that one hits the market. Zillow has it, you know, 10 minutes later on their website and the buyer says, Hey, this is exactly what it is. I'm going to call Rick. I got no problem with that whatsoever to, uh, pull it up. Yep. It just hit the market 10 minutes ago. And let's set up a showing.
2: I like that. And, and I want to for back for our, you know, we have the micro and the macro. We talk about this repeatedly, the five mile high view and whatever. And and as academic as all this sounds, if you'll endure me, I want to tell one of the stories about one of the time we were looking at a, a a property on Cabo Teniso. Let's Mm -hmm. just put it that way. Okay. Um, and, and I, as I've said this with Randy, a dozen times, our, and I'll say this with you and I know Liz is listening. Our mates are the better part of us. If you know what I mean, (laughs) over married, uh, between a little and a lot right in that ballpark. Yeah. Uh, but I say that because Diane and I went over to look at a property on Cabo Teniso on the lake overlooks the lake. They had just spent at least $10,000 on decking that goes down to the lake. It's lots of steps down to the lake. It's beautiful, beautiful view. Um. We walk inside, we're with the inspector, we've got a contract, we're we're pending, we've got everything going on. And I remember the times that I've listed and the times that I've bought, I remember it always says, Are there any known issues with this property? Does it have radon gas? Does it have lead paint? Does it have any of these? And I thought to myself, Well, I mean, it's not tainted that way, but okay, let's take a look. Diane is walking around before the uh the uh, inspector gets there and it's been a rainy day. And these are, these townhouses are all butted together. And between the two units, right at the very end, in one of the bathrooms, there's a paint bubble, the size of half of a volleyball. Okay. And Diane, who pretty, a uh, pretty observant girl says, why is there a paint bubble here? And why is there water pouring out of it? Mm-hmm. To which the inspector comes over and goes, Oh, Oh, I better get my ladder and go look up in the attic and see what's going on. It's number one, strike one. We go back around to the back side, And once again, Diane maybe should have been a home inspector. I don't know. Instead of a CPA, <clears throat> we go outside and it's got two decks. It's got a deck at the top, a deck at the bottom it actually has another access from the bottom. And you walk out down to the lake, which is still a lot of steps, which I was always kind of iffy on what well, had two French doors on the top, two French doors on the bottom. And to which we walk outside and look, and I'm no carpenter, but I'm looking at the outside of the door and there's, there's no trim around the door. And Diane said, why is the crack uneven around the door? And and we go downstairs and all four of these French doors are this exact same way. And they've got cracks that vary between a a quarter of an inch and an inch and a half. And I realized that every time it rains and the rain falls down and splashes up, it goes in between those cracks of the door. We go downstairs into the basement of this unit. And they have the uh, cardboard boxes that the screens for these doors came in. And the cardboard boxes say shipped 2014. So it hit me about then, and this would be. 10, 2019 2020 when we were looking at this unit it hit me about then that those doors somebody just went in with a rip saw ripped out the door old door put in the new door never framed it up never weatherproofed it never caulked it never anything and that roughly for the last seven to possibly eight years water had been hitting and splashing up on that backsplash we then looked around the back windows and just like these where it looks out onto the lake and I was able to to pop up the door frame, the window frame enough to look out. And I was able to literally put my finger through the window frame. It was just like putty dough. And I, I turned to, I can say the name, Pat Boyer, who was our realtor at the time. And and I said, uh, Pat, you know, I'll take the gamble. It's a nice house. It's got good bones, but there's there's five to, it could be 10K worth of stuff to fix. I said, I'll just just tell them we'll come, come five off the price. And she was like, no, 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 we don't do that anymore. Is this correct? I mean, is that what you've heard?
1: Um, well, you, you can have financial compensation to offset an inspection repair. Yeah.
2: Well, the reason I'm going there is she said, well, you know, don't, don't put a number, just have them fix the windows and have them fix the doors and make sure they're good and have them fix the paint bubble and fix the roof and the whatever. And Diane said, no, no, no. I don't, I don't know that I trust these people who obviously don't know. And it's not, not that we don't trust the, that they're lying. Uh Uh-huh when they listed do you know anything about this property or are there any known defects they put none none so so maybe they didn't know there were any defects but all that to say now we're in a situation where we've got a contract we're obligated we have we we've got funding in place we're ready to go we've had an inspection everything is on go we're we're sitting right at the mark and we present the offer to the to the uh, sellers and it wasn't no but hell no and they would not come up $1. We spent so much on this dock and we've got, we're underwater. No, 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 I mean, they just went off on the realtor, which is not my problem. And I'm not trying to be flipping about it, but it's not. So we left it and you go, okay, end of story. Mm, end of story for us. Rick, remember that little deal? Do you have any known defects?
1: Yep. They now are required to disclose that to the next buyer.
2: And we left them with it. Yep. And it co- took them another $10,000 and another eight months of paying rent to sell that unit
1: would because they're off to negotiate with you. On it,
2: that. it would have, look, I'm not trying to be a jerk, but I was the only buyer that came up. I mean, we're talking 2019. I was the only buyer that came up in the 14 months or 12 months it had been listed. It needed love. It had popcorn ceilings. You know, me and popcorn ceilings. It had a recessed big kitchen light fluorescent and it, it just needed some love. It wasn't a bad unit, but it just needed some love. And so we walked away from that. And I called that a, a tainted listing because when they listed again, and it's, that's not going to show up on the little decal, you know, contingent or tainted listing. Yeah. Uh, but when we ran across another home that had, had uh water damage across the front because the French drain had clogged up. I knew that they had a, they had a three ring binder that said, we know this, but this, this, this back flooded and flooded the basement. And we had these people come in and clean it out. We had these people come in and make sure it was true. And then when these people came in and waterproofed it and Diane said, are you okay? I said, get the checkbook. And she said, "Why?" Well, I said, I know these people. I know the guys that did these French drains. They're great. No problem. They disclosed what was tainted. And I was the buyer first in line going, yeah, let's get this before somebody else does. It has turned out to be one of our very best rentals. We we call it the Cove. It's number four Castellan. But I tell all that story to say when, when the next product comes up that I wanted to discuss back on market.
1: Uh-huh. Hmm. That could be a red flag. It oh, it could be. be a red flag,
2: or it could just be somebody couldn't come up with the financing.
1: Well, I've had it even for another reason. I've I've had the the buyer use the 10-day, 10, 10 business day inspection period, which is very heavily unilateral to the buyer's favor. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had them an out of state buyer come in to town after uh, the accepting of the of the original offer and walk, walk into the house and say, you know, uh, yeah, it it looks like it did in the pictures, but I just don't think the layout is going to be as conducive as an Airbnb as I thought it would. And kill the deal. Now, is that the sellers? Is there anything wrong with that house? There's nothing wrong with that property, but I've had agents that um, have had that situation Mm. and uh, it's very frustrating. And so all you can do in representing the seller is try to tighten up the the offer, but the way our contracts are written, they are in favor of the buyer to the point where it's almost used as a, as a first rider refusal. That's an abuse of the, of the uh, contract in my opinion, but it, it, it happens. And so when you see that back on market, sure, it could be that it failed an inspection. It could be that the buyer failed uh, in their financing, but it could just be something else. And so to automatically hold it against the seller or the property is not, you know, it's better t- for, you know, the, the, potential new selling agent to call that listing agent and say, hey, what happened?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I got a new phone this last week that came in the mail, ordered it off Amazon. Beautiful phone, 108 megapixel, gorgeous, beautiful, wonderful. Everything I wanted started putting my data into it, <clears throat> put the sim in, started getting ready, started getting text. I'm like, okay, cool. This is great. You know, I'm a techie. I do this kind of thing, right? Uh I go to make a phone call. The circuit's not available. I go to make a phone call outside this number's not listed. I'm like, whatever. I put the IMEA into the website for at and and it says this phone will not work with at okay. because Dallas on the, on the Amazon listing, it says works with Amazon T-Mobile, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, well, okay, I'm going to turn this back in. I can't, obviously can't use it. That unit at best may show up in a, in a someplace as a refurbished, they're going to send it back. They're going to look at it. Is there anything technically wrong with it? Nothing. Nothing at all, right. but I understand your example where the guy uses the inspection period to effectively have a get out of jail card. Mm-hmm. Wow. well, yeah. let's go through some others. So if the financing falls through, if if it was contingent upon the sale of another house, if that falls through, if the inspection fails right. if if the if the unit doesn't appraise at the high value or whatever, I mean, right? is this these That's are things? Right.
1: And to your example on the seller's property disclosure, there's three days that the buyer has to review that once they're provided it as, as well. So if they haven't provided it in advance and had it waived already and the seller provides it at mutual acceptance, the buyer has an opportunity to review it and and says, oh, well, I didn't see the the big crack that you're disclosing here. And they end up using that as a legitimate uh, opportunity to back out of the deal. So multiple ways that they can fall through.
2: Well, let's, let's recap. So we have for sale, new listing, basically okay. We have uh, price reduced and or not maybe then we have, uh, taking backup offers or under contract. Right. And then contingent. And the contingency is, is that you have to get up other funding or sell stock or sell a house or whatever to get that funding to come in and do that. So it is contingent.
1: Right. Um, And typically the most common one is a house sale contingency, but it doesn't have to be.
2: Yeah. Well, I don't want to come back to that. You know, not all offers are created equally by any stretch. Right. Right. So I come in with a contingency that says, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to have to sell this house. Oh, and my, my girlfriend, she's going to have to sell her house and we're going to have to both sell these to move in in this time. And the seller looks at that and goes, Ah, boy, y'all are going to have a tough time doing that, right? I mean, or or not. I don't know. What, 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 how does the seller view that event?
1: Well, I'll give you just uh, an example of how this hot market has kind of turned that around. Instead of a house sale contingency for a buyer, I've had it, um, and this doesn't happen very often, but it is possible where the sellers are afraid to sell their house so quickly and not, not have a place to go. We've done reverse contingencies. Where the seller, as part of the original agreement, says, I will sell my house to you if I have a house under contract and can close on it in 60 days.
2: Really? I'll sell it to you if I can find some place to move.
1: That's right. Now, that's obviously opposite of the way we normally see it, where the buyer's got the house to sell. But when you've got such a fast-moving market, there's sometimes that you just have to be creative.
2: Man, that's okay. Well, I got it. So we're working down the down the food chain here, down the flow chart. So contingency and and all these. What what's beyond that? Sold or?
1: Um, yeah. Well, typically after uh, it, either the seller no longer is taking backup offers, to, wants to stop showing their home, it would show to the realtors as UTC for under contract. Um, it would just show as pending on most of the other websites. But and, there's
2: and, and pending means they're not accepting any more contracts that they're, they're waiting to close. This is the period between we finally accepted this contract and here's where we're going to go closing.
1: Right. Right. Well, I can give you a screenshot of an example as to why um, some of these websites show things differently.
2: And how frustrating it can be. I mean, you don't have control over these websites, of course, right?
1: That's right. Well, and I'm going to not show you the MLS because that just timed out on me. But here's, not here, back in, but that's okay. This this listing um, is a, a listing in our office that Angela Banks has. Um, it is technically it is taking backup offers just to show you. Well, here it is on Zillow. Does it say anything about that? No, it says for sale. <laughs> so,
2: and, and let's recap. This is a beautiful home, not far from where I have some property, and it's okay. a two bedroom. Uh, two bedroom. It's a four bed, three bed, two four bath, on the lake, pretty prime water on Lake Coronado, two stories. It's really, really nice. It's literally kind of like two houses, you know?
1: Yeah. Great house. Um, so that one is showing for sale, even though it's taking backup offers under Trulia's website, which is owned by Zillow. Guess what? Also shows as available, mm-hmm. but what For sale. realtor.com shows it as contingent. Well, again, contingent is that vague term. Is it can it's not there's no house sale contingency on it. It is contingent on what? That's not really the right terminology. And then Redfin, to show you one more, actually gets it right. Here it is accepting backup offers. So hmm. website to website, you can have different things. We see the accurate taking backup offers in the MLS. But through the IDX and with the different, um, companies and their websites, remember that you know three of the four here are wanting to get phone calls. Actually, Redfin does too, but at least they're honest enough to say what the exact status is for it. So, so anyway. let's
2: let's cover that real quick while we're having a discussion. How do they make money? I mean, they're not selling houses,
1: right? Right. Two ways. Well. First of all the Zillow and and Redfin they have now become real estate companies. So they actually have agents that work for them now. Um
2: they have brokers in every state?
1: No, I don't I don't know about every state and this okay. is more fairly fairly recent. They they were originally their their motive modus operandi of making money was selling leads uh and ad space to realtors. Okay. So you would um there would be a a favored realtor or a endorsed realtor for a particular area, then that realtor is paying for the right for that, that position. So that, that was their, their policy. We talked way back in March about how Zillow and a couple of these other companies have actually, actually started flipping houses though. Um, We're trying. And, yeah. And they shut that down last November when the values weren't keeping up with um, uh, some of their, um, they they used the excuse that the supply chain w- on doing some of the remodeling got too expensive and that their Zestimate uh, was goofing up and not accurate enough. But really what it came down to is they were bidding up the market and paying cash using those uh, comparables uh, then for that other people could use and, uh, for their other listings. In a market of 30 that they owned, they would jack up the price on three of them hundred thousand over and 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 pay cash and that provided a comparable for the other 30 homes that they were you know that they owned they were
2: gaming the system so it were they were. were
1: that's not happening anymore but um but yes uh redfin zillow and some of the other websites they are now Full-fledged uh, real estate companies—they've gone into that where before it was just selling leads and selling advertising to the realtors.
2: So they—they they literally would have a, a buyer's agent and they get the buyer's side of the deal.
1: They do, it, um it's it's kind of a a new thing, and I I haven't investigated it much. There, there's no real competition for us here locally in, in it whatsoever, but um, I do know in some of the bigger markets that they are trying to get their foothold into some of the big markets.
2: Unbelievable. And McRealty is what I'm hearing, right?
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. they're they're great data companies. I mean, they produce a, a huge amount of data and they are on top of what's going on in the marketplace. Um, both Zillow and Redfin, I think out or out of Seattle, you know, the the data tech city and, Mm -hmm. and they're, they produce great, uh, numbers and information for people to study. And they'll post that on their, on their websites a lot of times as does realtor.com.
2: Well, let me ask because I get these and I know everybody, I say everybody, a lot of people do, uh, Zillow will send you an email saying your home is worth, or Redfin will say, and you're going to capitalize on your home and blah, 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 blah what what faith do you put in those numbers or those little, I mean, I, let me little back to nothing up. I'm sorry do a little to nothing
1: little to nothing
2: well and the, the reason why I'm, I'm pitching you a softball here but but the reason why I specifically ask so much of like on the uh, the Airbnb data uh, there's a company called air DNA that will provide that information uh, and our numbers are so far from reality, because we're, we don't have a structure, a, a data sampling large enough to make all those numbers work. So many instances, but a lot of times on Redfin and, and uh, uh, Zillow, uh, they don't even, you know, they'll appraise the property, not even knowing it's on the lake or it's waterfront or whatever. And I think, how could you, Nope, no realtor is going to come to your door and go, oh, I, I'm sorry. I missed the lake out back. I didn't know
1: you had a lake. Sorry about that. Right. Yeah, that's absolutely right. The um, the, the formulas are all they have to go off of. So, and as you know, my favorite knot is dollar per square foot. And that's the thing that they really draw the, you know, that's their big data point is they'll look at, at the homes of similar size in that similar area, come up with a dollar square foot, multiply it by the square footage, and this becomes the range. And it is it is so watered down it doesn't make a difference whether that house has granite countertops or formica doesn't matter whether it's a you know a two story or a one story I, I don't think or uh,
2: shag carpeting or yeah, all there's not a, there's not a checkbox for remodeled or whatever
1: yeah so that's that's why you <clears throat> a, a huge range to begin with that you wouldn't you say well that's you know a $35,000 range is a little bit you know it doesn't do me much good when you're that far off so Wow.
2: Okay. Have we missed anything? Have we skipped over any that you can think of? I don't think so. Well, we come back to back on market and we kind of covered that earlier because they, as it they goes down the, the flow chart, it basically goes from, you know, market sold or back on market. And that back on market, to be fair, could be a dozen different reasons. It's, it's not just right. a bad property. It's not, it didn't have to be a drainage ditch. It didn't have to be a bad inspection. It could have been a, a buyer that couldn't come up with the funds, you know, it could be an, a dozen things, so I, I would try and encourage everybody to, when they see that, to at least be neutral on that one. Is that fair?
1: Right. Check with the re- check with your realtor. Your realtor can typically find out from the listing agent what the story is and pass that along to the buyer if they're still interested in the property. I guess the last uh, code or last status that we could mention though is sold, mm-hmm. and the agents have uh, twenty four hours, one business day from uh, the actual closing to get that input into the MLS. It's pretty important. I had a a situation the other day where um, no names, but there was an agent that hadn't updated the fact that it had, had sold and closed. And it was two weeks beyond the closing date. Well, I was doing a market analysis, trying to use comparables, saw that it was still pending, but until it closes, I don't see what it sold for. And had I known and been able to use that as a comparable, it might have given different advice to my seller. It turned out just fine, but those are the reasons that your data has to be current. And the MLS requires agents to update the listing as sold with the sales price, the selling agent, all that information within one business day.
2: Wow. Wow 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 wow. Or you As,
1: can or we can be fined.
2: So I was going to say no is yes. it is it the Arkansas Real Estate Commission that does this or is it
1: the MLS would fine us but you start doing, you know, you know, things against the rules and you can get in big trouble.
2: It's a matter of time till somebody comes and knocks on your door, right? Right. Yeah. Well, for Hot Springs Village Inside Out, I'm Dennis Simpson. He's Rick Marshall. He's always a font of information. If you have any questions, you can contact Rick at Trademark Realty. You can contact us at Hot Springs Village Inside Out. But for this time, we will see you next time. Thanks, Rick. Thanks.
0: Thanks for watching and listening to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast starring Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com.